NBA This is Potskitball with me, your host, Brad Parsons. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Podskitball. It's been a little while. I was gone in New Orleans, which Kate and I still have to do the New Orleans podcast, let you know how the Pelicans game was. Gone to the coast for a while, the Oregon coast, but we're back and we are freaking out over how bad the Blazers have been doing. Not not entirely their fault, but uh, we're a little worried. And in this little worried wart zone with me, we have returning guest, Jake Sterling. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. It's nice, nice to be, be here. Nice for you to be back. How are you feeling? We just watched the Blazers win, though. We did, yeah. Um, but not to say that we weren't sweating there through the entirety of the fourth quarter. Um, I think we can call it a win. But when we look at the whole game, was it a win? Um, you know. So I think we'll, obviously we'll get more into that. But we're still nervous. Well, the the funny thing is that we ended on a thirty to ten run, but we let the Spurs go on a forty two to twelve run. So uh, it was a, it was the uh, yeah whoever was uh, whoever was on the receiving side of the run uh, ended up making it work so they they pulled it out but yep yep and then uh, first time guest Grady Skelton hey how's it going I'm fucking hyped wait do we curse on this podcast yeah. oh okay cool <laughs> dude I, I'm I'm jazzed right now one I, this is awesome to be on basketball and then two yes the blazers just won and we needed that jake and i were just talking earlier uh right before we came over here to record this that if the blazers did not win tonight i was going to freak out it feels like that it feels like we're at that point where if they had if i mean the the game against the raptors they just let that game go at the end absolutely and you can't i feel, I feel like dame's doing his part but no one else was really stepping up and no one really had the energy and it led to a whole bunch of losses in a row. So yeah, it feels like we stopped the bleeding. I think that's the technical term for what happened tonight. 100%. Like how many games did we lose before this? Like five in a row? I think we were six of our last seven oh. through going into tonight. So um, it, it wasn't good. I know we were two away from, from last going into tonight. Oh man, dude. And it's still early, but that's... Uh, you hate to see that. Yeah, the three bottom teams, the Warriors, the Pelicans, and the Blazers, just like everyone predicted. Yeah, but <laughs> not okay. Especially after the last run, like last year, and all of us watching the playoffs, we go to the Western Conference Finals, you're like, holy shit, man, we look like a great team. We get rid of everyone, basically, and now I feel like we're in a, a rebuild when we shouldn't be in a rebuild, right? Because we like traded up in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean... The idea was that we didn't have enough cap space, so we tried to be as creative as possible with bringing in new faces that weren't supposed to be a downgrade necessarily, and yet 
here we are. I honestly don't think like we actually realized how many people we got rid of until we started watching like games. And then you're like, oh, dang, we got rid of a ton of people who were actually like contributing a lot throughout last season. And now we're starting to be like, oh, maybe that person was a little better than we initially thought. Yeah, like fucking Aminu. Totally forgot about him until you brought him up today. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, we got rid of him, too. Yeah, Aminu and Harkless. It, I just didn't realize how much. Yeah, we were going to miss them because I thought, well, Hood Hood came in midseason and so did Cantor. And so like both of those guys, it was kind of a wash. Like if they come back, like we played well before them, we we're really happy to have them for the playoffs. But like not the end of the world if we lose them. So when we got Hood back, it was like, OK, cool. Maybe Hood can can take one of those two, at least the, the small forward spot. And then we'll just see what happens, which we thought Zach Collins was going to be that. Then he gets injured. And all of a sudden, you got Anthony Tolliver playing 25 minutes a game oh, God. and just stinking everything up. This is a panic. This is the panic episode. <laughs> yeah. We, we have to panic right now because we have injuries up the ass, dude. It's fucking us right now. Like, the injuries are ridiculous. But we did get a... Uh, I feel like we, we, we pulled a Band-Aid out of the box with picking up Carmelo this oh, week. <laughs> dude, I, am, I can't wait to buy my jersey. I'm oh. getting one for sure seriously is it gonna get mistaken for a greg anthony jersey though (laughs) oh was he he was was he number one or was he number seven he was a single also are they giving carmelo seven well that's the thing yeah because roy had it last yeah um it's not technically retired yet so and i i think they should retire roy's number really i think they should give it to carmelo i mean let's let's get into do you want to get into carmelo right now because we can jump in anything yeah because i think we should talk about how this is a front office win for the trailblazers because you sign him non-guaranteed so basically what is it like 15 grand a day or whatever that he plays yeah it's not much yeah and then we it's basically a trial period for a veteran player and future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And to add someone who over the past 15 years in NBA basketball has had a following to a small market team. So not only is it a win for the Blazers as a team, but it's a win because now the Blazers who are a small market team are getting someone kind of polarizing to uh, you know, maybe draw in some more awareness to the Blazers in general. So I think it's just a win for Portland. Well, it's, it's totally true. And I think that if we can parlay that into, let's say we're hanging in, let's say we're like, eight ninth tenth but we're like hanging into the playoff race around free agency or around uh, the trade deadline all of a sudden you're gonna have guys that get cut and like just like canter yeah or i mean hood was a trade but like that kind of vibe you might be able to grab some more people because it's like well i'd love to play with carmelo anthony like that'd be cool just to play with him yeah because do you guys know where he ranks all time in scoring i know it's up there right because he was a leader like not that was it like three years ago, four years ago, 2014 or something? He was like the he, points leader. Yeah, when he played one of the years he was with the Knicks, I yeah. think he led the league in points. Yeah, but I don't know all but time. Yeah, guess, guess all time where you think he is. I'm going to go all time. Yeah, all time. All yeah, time. All time points scored. He can't period. be top 10. Is he top he's 10? Top, he's not top 10. He's not. I, I, I want to say he's like 15. Is he like 15? Do you he's, think he's top 20? I yeah, think. I, I want to say top 20. He like he had some. I I mean, some of those years when he was with the Nuggets, oh, he was yeah. he was putting up points. That was the best Carmelo, by the way. The Nugget, yeah, yeah the cornrows and the headband. Oh, yeah. And he was like Iverson, dude. Style. Iverson, oh. Kenyon Martin, and Nene. was Birdman on that team Birdman too? Was Remember that team. cover? Was it Slam Chauncey with him and Billups? Iverson? Oh man, that was a great team. That was a sick. They should have won something. 
Well, they were close against the Lakers one of those years. They <sighs> made it to the conference finals once. That's why they fucked the Lakers. They always ruin everyone's <laughs> situation. Uh, he's 19th over. He's 19th all time. 19th. He's only about a thousand points away from going up to 13th. I think he's right in there with like he's in the middle of a clusterfuck of people. Wow. So if he can play for another, I mean, at this rate, he's not going to be scoring as much as he used to. But if he can play for like two years, he could be he creeping could be, into the top 15. That would be awesome. So that's what I think is weird is that he's an all-time scorer like that. All From what I've read, all teammates love to play with him and they love him, right? Like all the teams he's been on. He's not like a, he's not like a virus when he comes into the locker room. Right? Mm-hmm. Why did he? Why did it take so long for someone to sign up? That's what I don't get. It's like he's not past his prime. I mean, LeBron. We just talked about it earlier. LeBron's what thirty something as well. 30, I think thirty five. Yeah, like the same age practically. And LeBron's mm-hmm. throwing that that highlight reel of him dunking over, fucking what's his face? It's like, dude, it's unreal. Like he's got plenty of ball in him. Like, why did it take so long for him to jump on a team? Yeah, I think that the issue is that he doesn't have. Like he hasn't expand like the the greats always expand their game as they get older. So like LeBron is a better three point shooter than he ever has been. It reminds me of Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. The dude was an unbelievable athlete, and then he got older. He slowed down, and he developed a three point shot. Like literally, when he was drafted, people called him Asin Kid because he didn't have a J. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then he and then he became one of the one of the better three point shooters in history at that time. Um, but that was because he was adapted. He adapted with how the game was moving. Carmelo Anthony never adapted. That's true. So he, he just, is the same player from 2004. He's just, he became like the peak level of that player. But I don't think that like the real problem is that mid range ISO ball almost always hurts your team in 2019. You need movement. You need ball movement and you need the ability like shooting mid range shots is just fine but it is your least efficient shot to take. So either get to the rim or shoot a three. Like that's, I agree. That's, especially, that's the, especially with the talent we have now, shooting from the three-point range. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I also, it's like, you know, I, I'm sure there's a number of teams who would rather have Carmelo Anthony doing mid-range iso ball than someone just jacking up threes who has a horrible percentage and they're just out there shooting garbage. So it's like, if we can pay... Carmelo Anthony, whatever, he's not on guarantee. So it's like we're not really paying that much for him. Yeah. He's going to go out there and spread the floor because it's like he can shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he can still shoot. No mm-hmm. one's seen him play. Right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. at the very least, you got a name that we just added to our roster when people think about they know Dame and they know CJ, but now we add like a Carmelo Anthony and maybe he goes out there and gets six points, eight points, something like that. But it's like we kind of need that right now with the amount of people we have hurt. I agree. And it's it's kind of like a would you guys say it's kind of like a Pippin move, you know? Like we brought Pippin over. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a that's a nice reach. That's a stretch. <laughs> I what think a stretch. it's I think that it's a Pau Gasol move. Yeah, okay. It's a Pau Gasol plus. I I think that he's going to give more for sure. Yeah. Than Pau can, which so far I think has it's been like I mean, a comparison's like obviously Vince Carter. Oh God! He's still putting in. I'm, he's still putting in minutes. I'm still trying to get. I think we all agree we want Vince Carter. Can on we the petition him? Yeah. Can we somehow? Because get his buddy Kent Bazemore to like petition to get him to come to Portland. Because they have their own podcast. They right? did. They did. But they they can't. They they ended it. Actually, I think that. I think that Vince is still doing it. I don't think 
think Kent's doing it though. Hmm. But but they yeah they had a podcast and it's like it's all sad and depressing. Just Vince sitting in a garage by himself <laughs> talking about cardboard cutout. Who, who knows what? It's depressing. I mean stuff. they had guests, but <laughs> but now that Kent's gone, it's just he doesn't have a guest. He's talking about like the hottest toy for 2019 Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I think talk about Bazemore though, man. That's a, that's one where we traded. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. And if anyone has a problem with this, like whatever we trade What's your Instagram handle? Uh, exactly. <laughs> they can hit you up at Grady Skelton. Fine. Hit me up. I don't care. Like we traded trash, garbage, trash for trash, trash contracts, trash players. Bazemore is better than the trash we traded away. But so far this season, he has not produced anything that is, I would say, um, to quote Jake Sterling from earlier, watching the game, memorable, right? He's not a memorable player. He's not a Wesley Matthews. He's not a Mo Harkless. He's not contributing that 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 position. That's like a support player that starts. Right? He's been starting, right? Right, right. I think he started. On. Did he start tonight? No, Hood started tonight, but okay. he has. Yeah, he started at at small forward and power forward. It's like, dude, how much are we paying you? You gotta you gotta do more than that. Like, you need to produce more. For for what that's why that's why I'm saying like the front office move right now the best move we had is getting Carmelo because it's non guaranteed and we're paying him it's like a hired gun it's like the coolest yeah, thing ever that's true because we're stuck with Basemore he's making 16 million we would have been stuck with Turner exactly as well. but but yeah I there's no it's it's a win win to get uh, Carmelo I don't think there's anything bad about it it's all about because when like. People that don't follow basketball close go, holy shit, the Blazers got Carmelo Anthony because yeah. they don't. They And then you tell them that he hasn't played in the league in a year. Like, what do you mean he hasn't played in the league? They don't, they don't realize that he's kind of disappeared into the background. So they think that it's this big deal. Like, oh, we got the new big three. But if you can temper your expectations to go, we do, we could definitely use some bench scoring, then great. And it, it, if Carmelo, Carmelo wants to play that role, then that's going to be as good as he's going to be. The problem is if he wants to be, no, I am part of the big three. Yeah. And we need yeah. him to come off the bench and be a bench player. That's that plays well. Mm -hmm. He can't be a star player on our squad. No. And, but I think he's all right with that. I don't think like, think I don't so? think he's in the position where he thinks he needs to be the star anymore. I think it's just like, he knows come. I think he knows where he's at coming into the blazers where it's like, you're not guaranteed. So yeah. if you start acting at, like if you start complaining about your minutes or anything like that, like there's no guarantee, like you're not guaranteed any money. So yeah. it's like, you know, he, he, I think he, he knows where he's going to be at. Right. This is his final chance to be in the league. Right. I think right. if this doesn't work out, then I think that's it. Oh, absolutely. And, and ideally that's enough fire to fucking make him do it. Right. And then you're like, yeah, we, cause I think, I think what I read is that in January, if we have to decide if we sign him after like being non-guaranteed i think it's in january we have to decide right that sounds right i think it's a pretty similar situation as like what uh dwight howard with the lakers is right now yeah oh absolutely and dwight howard's killing it finally yeah it's been i mean i've like granted i'm not gonna say i'm a lakers fan but it's been good to see the guy get out and he's like playing pretty consistent he's getting rebounds he's putting up points mm -hmm. um and so like i think that not being on like that guaranteed contract kind of puts these guys in check where they realize like I'm going to have to play or like I might be out and Carmelo probably having sat out the whole past season is probably like if he's coming back in, he's probably like, I want to play ball. And so I'm going to play basketball. Well, when the big three is staring down the 
staring <laughs> you down. You're like, I'll take whatever I can get. And this is yeah. actually uh, the big three is referring to Ice Cube's three-on-three uh, three basketball <laughs> league, not a big three team. Uh, no yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? No, I'm just saying no, that like, just, oh. all he has <laughs> left. Like, <laughs> if he doesn't make the NBA, yeah. he's probably his next move would be to join Power or yeah. Athlons. Yeah. That's what I mean. I know, like the enemies. Right? Yeah, or I mean, he could go play in China and probably, well, actually, I don't know anymore. But he could go play in Europe. He could he could go sign a contract elsewhere and like, you know, make... Wait, why not know, China? Why not anymore? Well, because, I mean, I don't know at the moment, but... Um, the NBA. There's because Daryl Morey uh, from the Rockets made some statements... That's and then right. really, I'm not That's really right. educated enough to even comment on it that much. But but essentially, the tension between the NBA and China is a little yeah, uh, yeah iffy at the moment. But, and, but I'm sure he could still go there. But I mean, uh, he he would have that opportunity. But yeah, beyond that, it's like you're joining the like retired old man team on the uh, on the uh, the three on three half court touring basketball league called the big three so. yeah. starting threes rashid wallace greg odin and carmelo anthony oh my god yeah, like, I, that's your team that's it the ghosts buying a jersey or is it like tri-city is the other team hey, there's a there's a number man mm-hmm. Biv- bivouac? Biv- bivouac that's the least creative just because they decided to merge three other names together i think and, and i don't it, it just yeah it's a. Uh, it's just rough. That one's just rough. That, that might be a, that, that might actually be a, a, a podcast for another another day as we yeah. dig into the big Dude, three. We, well, we could do the some big, big three summer coverage. I think that that might be a great idea. That'd honestly. be awesome because I think the players that we were seeing on that roster is mind blowing. There's some who, good players and good who, coaches. Who on the Trailblazers right now? Because this is the panic, the panic episode. Because mm-hmm. we need to figure our shit out. Who would you? Who would you get rid of? Who would I, you say goodbye to? You go. You go first if you got one. This is because this is a discussion question I'm about to pose. Um, I think we uh, we touched on a little bit when we were watching the game earlier. But if if hypothetically, if we did offer up CJ onto the trading block, I know I know it's a heavy question to ask. But you got. I was thinking about this earlier um, when it comes to like. those legendary shooting guard point guard pairings if you think about it think about like a team from like and you think about a legendary shooting guard point guard pairing think of like nba jams is what you're saying right right but if you think about a shooting guard and a point guard when you think about legendary teams and it was typically like a a shooting guard and a big man or a point guard and a big man like and i know that there are those teams out there but they're not as many of them so it's like to invest as heavily as we are in dame and cj and i'm not saying anything that i'm not saying i don't like dame or i don't like cj but i'm saying when you think about it it doesn't make as much sense to have the like investing everything we got basically into our backcourt when we're struggling so much in the, at in this, the front, at yeah, like at a the, power forward position, or obviously a lot of that comes from injury. But um, I think that, I, and I'm not saying I would trade CJ, but I'm saying the question comes to mind as who do who would we who do you guys think we could get for putting CJ up? That would make a difference. Yeah, right I now. think that's the real thing is who could we trade that would we that we could get something valuable in return that's what i mean it's like i feel like everyone that we need in that position right you have nurk coming back from and he played great like you mentioned earlier brad like his offensive he's he's like such a sabonis player right like he's mm-hmm. passes well he's a great big man that has a vision of the offense 
like who would we get that would fill that be better that fill that spot? But also you'd be giving up the longevity of CJ for the short term fill the gap. Totally. But I don't hate that, right? Because it's like, do we need to go all in this season? Or could we accept the wash of this season and try to get together next year? Because because if you think about it, um, Whiteside's off the books. That's like 18 million. Mm-hmm. And we're right around the threshold, right? We're like right at it. So any, any uh, which I guess I got to see because Dame signed his extension. That's going to be pretty expensive. But, but hopefully next year we have the ability to sign some people if we need to. But I guess it's, it's interesting if, if, yeah, who could we get back that would be valuable like, that could like, fill the right w- role but also exist next to... Like CJ and another player would be AD, right? Like AD is so valuable. Like you'd have to you'd literally be like CJ plus someone else on our roster that is like Hood or someone, right? Probably more than that. Yeah, you'd have to look get... At, you're probably trading away uh, Simons and Collins. Oh, know? God. If you really harsh. wanted to... if you re- that Because those are your trade chips, yeah, those two. Yeah, that's true. Or... Uh, you're thinking of if you are going to put CJ up, then you're thinking of Simons is going to fill in that CJ spot. Mm-hmm. Like you're, he's going to step into that role that CJ, yeah. if like you do trade away CJ. Right. But here's, because I was thinking about it. It's like, would we rather make the playoffs for the next 10 years or would we rather win the championship in the next four years? Ooh. Well, I think that that's the four years. I just want a championship <laughs> right. so bad. I think yeah. the championship comes, it's a, it comes down to, it's like, we would be okay with missing the playoffs for, a couple years if we won the championship in the next four years i'd be all right with missing some playoffs in the next 10 years as long as we well, could win a championship i'd be okay with missing the playoffs this year to know that we can get healthy get our shit together for the year after because if we can come back with our core collins is back simons is an extra year we still have cj and dame and nurk plus we have a blank slate with the rest of our rotational players then we're in a really good spot. I mean, you got to think the Warriors have to feel so good about where they are right now. They don't have to worry about contending. Everybody, that's the thing, like taking time off and not having that consistency of late playoff runs every year, that's that's worked wonders on LeBron. He's looked as good as he's looked in like four years off of not after off of being injured and then not making the playoffs. This is true. So I'm, I'm thinking about it going, if I were going to try to, trade for some leverage. I want to think of somebody who's not very valuable right now, but also like, here's a flyer on this guy. Like I, I, I don't I just don't like base more. If there's any way to, if I, if I could trade base more and like Gary Trent jr. Yeah. As like a flyer to just get somebody who's a stopgap for the next few months to like, keep us floating. I would be all I don't, about I that. I don't think it would change our performance at all. If, if we if, lost, if we did that, more. wouldn't change anything. Well, because Nasir Little now is taking his role yeah. entirely. He's taken that that spot. And, and Hood is proving himself that he's been valuable about, valuable enough to maintain his role. Yeah. But if you're starting to see Little take Bazemore's role more and more as we move forward, uh, then you have to start looking at um, who wants to take on an expiring contract with maybe, you know, we got Jalen Horde, who's kind of in our D League. We've got... Uh, Gary Trent Jr. And then um, we got Mike Dom. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. That like, just made up a name. <laughs> no, he's like a big white dude out of like Wyoming or oh, something. Sh- he's fucking sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but look at like, think about like that, uh, what Cantor did for us last year. Like we picked him up pretty late 
And yeah. he was kind of like one of those guys who is like he, you know, he'd been on a couple teams, hadn't really been playing that well. But I think we have the opportunity to kind of look for those guys before the trade deadline and be like, who's someone that we could maybe kind of revive them by bringing them into Portland? Because I think Cantor mm-hmm. had a full like he had like, you know, full rose from the dead, oh, yeah. basically yeah. coming to the Blazers. And now you look at him and he's starting with the Celtics. So it's like, yeah, dude, on a Celtics team that's 10 and one. That's yeah, and, a Celtics and team that's 10. And also one. want to bring up something, too. Fuck the curse of like the big man um, or like the draft curse of the Trailblazers. You know, you have Sam Bowie and like over Michael Jordan. Jordan. You got Odin over Durant, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. The actual curse that the Trailblazers have is that we trade players away to they go. They leave the Trailblazers and go to full potential. Cantor. Uh, Wesley Matthews. Jake Lehman put up like 17 the other night. I think Jermaine O'Neal is the biggest one. Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, Jamal Crawford, like you have these people that come and they're playing with us and then they, they leave and you're like, God damn it. Like one more year with you. Or is it that, you and know, that's like, usually it is that they're one year away and you need somebody to play now. And that's why I'm a little nervous about the possibility of pushing to make the playoffs, because I think that we are in that cycle of, yeah, we'll make the playoffs every year for the next 10 years, but we will never be relevant in like the actual national conversation of champion but if we can be a little safer with it and like hold our guys together because like simons and collins if they reach their full potential those guys are gonna be huge i can't imagine next year and the year after what and they're young they're young yeah a backcourt with dame cj and simons those three just rotate those three around each other yeah call it good and and same thing with i mean if when the after the end of the year, if we want to keep Whiteside, he's not going to be very expensive. Yeah, true. So, like, so he like, might be 20, 20 million right now, but you might be able to get him for 10. Yeah. And I like Whiteside. Yeah, but I I'll, honestly, I feel like if we get January, February come around, we get a healthy Collins back, we get a healthy Nurk back, do we honestly need Whiteside at that point? Do we need Whiteside? Do we need a rim-protecting center as much as we need a two-way power forward? Yeah. Well, I think that the the hope true. is that Collins becomes that two way power forward because you're right. Like what we don't need is is Whiteside playing next to um, Nurkic. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like we need we need somebody who can who can step out and hit that three and like create the space that's necessary for like Damon CJ to cut in. And so yeah, we like Whiteside might not be e- even worth keeping around after the end of the year. And maybe he is a trade chip around the uh the all all star break. Like that totally could make sense. Some team is making that push. I guess I'm especially if Nurk comes back. Yeah, I think if, if Nurk comes get, back, that could be the trade chip. Yeah, yeah. If we get a strong Nurk back at around the same time we're gonna get a strong Collins back, I do think that like Whiteside could be a trade chip for a position where we are a little bit lacking, knowing that we're gonna have more depth at like big man. Yeah. Then we would use Whiteside, I think, more as like the trade chip. And then who knows? Like you know, like even if it's like a Gallinari, like someone like that. Yeah, because they're similar. They're in similar tiers as far as their contracts go. And I think that Gallinari has an extra year. So the so OKC may be like, I want to offload my two years of Gallinari for one year of Whiteside to free up cap space. So yeah, something like that could be huge because all of a sudden, yeah, Gallinari at the three with Collins and uh, and Nurk would be a really tough team. What are, what are we looking at um, going into the draft next year for our picks? Does anyone know? 
what picks we have? Yeah, because do we have a second round? I know we trade it within one of those trades. Yeah, I think we we traded one. We don't have a first round at no, all. I don't think. No. I think we traded a lot away. Um, we traded a first We traded a first away for Hood, but I'm not sure what year that was. Yeah, look it up. Because that that to me is also plays into this factor, and I always forget about that, right? Because you can, the front office of the Trailblazers could be sitting on, you know, a draft pick that we have like either transferred over, right? That you get the rights to. You could be you could have an option where it's like, all right, let's sit where we are now, like you were saying, Brad, and like we can we have something right now down the way, right? Like, I, I mean. But that, that that's again like I, I feel like if we're doing if we're playing that game, then we're kind of trying to think of it as like a down the stretch. Yeah. And I think like obviously I think we want to win now. We want to win now, man. Yeah, like agree. after going to the Western Conference Finals last year, we yeah. want to win now. Oh man. If we well, have to wait another three years to yeah. be like relevant again, that's gonna be tough. Well, you'd you'd be relevant next year would be the goal. Is that you take this year to get your shit together and then you're relevant next year? Because the only thing is I do like also kind of being in the Mavericks, I remember every year we're trading away young talent for that guy that's slightly over the hill. And you're never you're like you're always right at the cusp, but but you sometimes you have to hit a home run. Like the Warriors just had to hit a home run for yeah. them to get to the place they had to be. Because we we're a team that likes to build around our draft picks as opposed to like get big name free agents. If you're trying to get big name free agents, it's a little bit easier because all you got to do is make sure that cap space is there. Like and then like you, the Lakers. Yeah, but you yeah exactly. Or I mean, or the Knicks try to do that and fail miserably, and you can see yeah. how things go for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I get it. Like win now, we got to win now. We have to win in the next three or four years, or the window's closed. Like, that window is only three or four years. And I, I agree with you, Jake, because right now, we got to figure it out because the West is the most competitive I've ever seen it. And mm. everyone knows and that. And also the most open. It's crazy. I mean, we it won. Is, yes, it is the most open, too. We won the game tonight, and I know, like, obviously, it's still early, so take it with a grain of salt, but we were two away from last place and then we won the game tonight and now we're like two games out of eighth place so it's like everyone's so close right now and the mm-hmm. whole race is so close the that goal is just hanging in in there we just gotta yeah. make I, I, we just have to make the playoffs i feel like mm-hmm. basically our what we need to do right now is be in the mix enough for nurk to get back totally. which could be tough because that's i mean if we're looking at maybe february maybe after the all-star break for him to come back yeah we need to kind of that that could be a long it could be a long couple months going against going into the playoffs and having to play denver again like last year without nurk we'll get smoked yeah with no yeah we, I, we're t- our team is not ready to handle no. a team like denver absolutely not yeah or or really any team because if you think about how deep the west is this year every team is kind of denver-esque in their roster construction because it was like it was Murray and Jokic. Those were like the stars, and then they had a lot of quality talent. I mean, that's kind of how it's it is. Like, I don't know who you'd want to play. Like, who is Paul Millsap? Who the fuck is Paul Millsap? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. Well, if we think about it, though, like, think about uh, I, again. I think we have to caveat everything with the fact that it's still early. 
But it's like going into the playoffs. Would we want to play the Lakers? Would we want to play the Clippers? Would we want to play Houston? Would we want to play the, the Jazz? Jazz? Yeah. Would we want to play Denver? <laughs> like it's just so. Com- would the Suns? I mean, I gotta apologize to the Suns because I know last time I was on this podcast, I said they were gonna finish in last in the Western Conference. Oh, I think that could still happen, but <laughs> I gotta apologize because they have been. That was a surprise, man. There's. It, well, you just didn't know that Aaron Baines was gonna be the man. And no, yeah. I, I just bet on them like first time in years. I put money on them really? the other day and I was like, no fucking way am I putting money first on the Suns right now. Steve Nash was Did on work? the Suns. <laughs> Did you win? No. Oh. Last, time, lost the Lakers. <laughs> last time Grady was betting on the Suns, it was in a middle school cafeteria. Yeah, and I was betting. I'll give you my, my snack pack. <laughs> Uh, Steve Nash is great. Miss Love I Steve dude. Nash. Got a uh, got a jersey card of Steve Ma- Steve Nash right over here. I saw your jersey cards over here, and I wanted to bring up the fact that I have a jersey card. I saw that you have a jersey card. It on is. Instagram one, and it's uh, it's so we just bought a shadow box for the office, and it's in the shadow box, and it's break and burn. So it's like sacrifice jersey card. It's a Myers Leonard rookie <laughs> jersey card, and you all know how much I despise well, they Myers don't, Leonard. The, the listeners don't know. Yeah. Well, so if you want to like cue them in a little bit more. So I have, I had a, 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 a very deep, deep hate for not him as an individual, but his playing style and, and just lack of planes in general for Myers Leonard. And so during the playoffs last year, I could not stand him being on the court. And so a couple of our friends, knew that and bought a jersey card and I was looking at yours just now Brad and I was I like the one only too. one I have is Myers Leonard and it's we they bought it as a sacrificial piece so that if we are maybe behind or we're not going to make the playoffs we can burn it as a sacrifice and get rid of it to help us move forward See, into the playoffs I'm realizing that the real question is not who should we trade who should what should we sacrifice yes, for the Blazers? Yes, who should we sacrifice? <laughs> we need a blood sacrifice a blood for the sacrifice. Blazers right now. <laughs> I know who the, I know who that is. Um on on that note though, uh Myers Leonard did start for the Heat tonight. He's been oh. starting all season and for them. And they did get a win, but he did only score 4 points. Oh my god. Do you remember though when Myers Leonard Trash. scored 30 points in a Western Conference Finals game. Yeah, and everyone was just making fun of me, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's, it's uh, fool's gold. Fine. Yeah, look good, Myers. We're going to get your ass out of here, and people are going to pay a lot of money or take your contract, and then the, we're, we're cool with it. I was fine with it, dude. Yeah. I mean, I didn't give a shit. You ready for something funny? Uh, Myers Leonard is currently renting out Hassan Whiteside's house in Miami. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, traded and then rented his house? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking through. I was going to look at his yearly stats, and that's the thing that, or the <laughs> stats this year, that's the thing that popped up. So here's my th- here my my thing because um, I think I kind of have the same uh, I have the same point of view when it comes to NFL, when it comes to NBA, when it comes to whatever. But it's like if you you pick like, like obviously we picked Leonard because people saw something in him. But if they get three years and people are still like each year, it's like oh well he's going to have his breakout year. He's going to have his breakout year. I give you three years, and if you don't have a breakout year, like if Simons doesn't have a breakout, like so Simons played a little bit last year. He's getting a lot more minutes this year. Next year, if he's still so so, then it's like you got to get rid of him. You can't like yeah. three years is. I think that's a good rule. More than enough time to yeah. like. Because I get that going coming from college into you know the a professional league takes time, but I think that. Like if it's three years and you still like, okay, yeah, Leonard had one breakout game, but 
for you to say like, oh, you you drafted him because he was going to be the next, like he was going to be the the big man for the Blazers is a joke because all he did was sit on the bench and like try and be like a hype man on the bench and just suck the hell out of the Blazers <laughs> calorie space, yeah. salaries cap. Yeah. And it was embarrassing, embarrassing to watch that guy just sit on the bench ride the bench for years and be so big and be so big and so <laughs> and muscular and sh- hit a three it uh, yeah and, and have a three shot he's the perfect he we drafted zach collins to forget about myers leonard <laughs> yeah it's true. exactly we had him for seven years the, he, seven he, years leonard was on the blazers for seven years so damian lillard was the sixth pick of the 2012 draft Myers Leonard was the eleventh pick. You got to be shooting me. Yeah, he was. He, he was on the Blazers the for same, seven. Oh yeah. my god, that is. I agree with you now, Jake. <laughs> that is. That is f- what four yeah. years too many. Yeah. So yeah. basically, we had him for four years, and then we gave him his four-year, forty million dollar contract, and then he played three of those years out. He's on his. Fi- he's in his eighth season. Oh right my now. god, that is such and garbage. I, I just want to put. Uh, uh, I want to put. Uh, apostrophe when you say he played those years out because uh, he <laughs> he sat those years out on the bench exactly. and took up a chair. Oh God! Well, that, the thing is, he, the he, hammer. Oh, did you give yourself a fucking nickname? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Yeah, his his best year was the year before he got the contract. He played twenty one minutes, eight points per game, forty four percent shooting, five boards. That that was his best wow. year. Yeah, and then they're like, 40 million. Here you go, buddy. But now he's on the Heat. And you know what the Heat have, which we talked about earlier, is was it Kendrick Nunn? Yeah, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. He yeah. is sick. Yeah, I love I love a good like um like second round draft. But he was undrafted, I think. And yeah, he was undrafted and he is slaying it. He's like points leader over there. Yeah, him and Tyler Harrow, Hero, yeah. that Her- rookie Hero? duo yeah. is sick. Fuck. I'm all about the Heat. Dude. With like Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler and Myers Leonard just like holding down that center position. Oh, it's what sick. A team to watch. We, gotta, we should go. Actually, we should go see the Heat when they play I the Blazers at in the Moda Center and just see how they react. I would love to, to see Myers that. coming back to oh, Portland. Oh, people will boo him. Yes, people will <laughs> we, boo him. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I saw Myers get booed in a playoff game uh, like two years ago. Really? Yeah. So, at the Moda Center? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I wish I was there. It was against the Warriors when it was their first year with KD when it was the eight eight one seed we saw them play and he came out and missed three threes in a row and then he got booed and then they pulled him that was the part that actually made me so angry with him not to like beat a dead horse here but it was like dude you get the ball at the top of the key and instead of driving down to the hoop and you're the largest man on the court you shoot a fucking three like what are you doing dude it's like you're the largest human being on the fucking court. Like you could take it to the you could take it to the hoop no matter what. He's so muscular. Like his Ugh. yeah, he just got he doesn't have he has a low basketball IQ. Yeah. That's so problem. bad. But he's yeah. shooting 65% from the field this year. Uh, 7 points a game. Yeah, when you're averaging 4 points a game, I feel like, you know, that might make sense. He's already <laughs> averaged 4 points a game and did not shoot that well. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a big step up. I think the East, though, what we all kind of ignored. Uh, so we talked about the West being like so strong. The East is kind of having some breakout right now. You have, I know the East is weaker than the West, but Boston is lights out. Mm-hmm. And that's sick. The Heat, we talked about. We're all fans of the Heat now, which I haven't been a fan of the Heat in ever. Right. So I don't, I, I mean, 
I'm not a fan of the heat. I don't. So. No, I don't. You love, are. Or you're no, not. I'm not. I'm, no, I, I like. I'm, I'm not. I'm I not a, getting on board with. That I yet. love the dark horse aspect of it, though. I do like that. I I don't. I've never loved Jimmy Butler, but but I uh, but I'm I'm cool with I'm cool with the underdog creeping in there. What about what about Brooklyn? What do you think about Brooklyn? I think that that this is their throwaway year. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. I think the important thing is that they don't fuck this year up. Yeah. By then, and if like don't miss the playoffs, and Kyrie don't stir up shit. Like just make it through the year. Next year, Katie's coming back, and everything's gonna be fine. But like just just like play status quo this year. Yeah, that's my thought on that. And Kyrie, just like get your emotions together. Yeah. Like stop being such a flip out on the court, dude. It's like visible. It's like man. You have KD sitting there, like like Kevin Durant is when he returns, you will have a great team. Yeah, Kyrie's. I mean, the first couple of years of Kyrie's career were no good because he was on one of the shittiest Cleveland teams ever. But you spent a bunch of years with with LeBron. You got to go to the Celtics and play with like a, one of the best coaches in the league and, a, and like a, one of the most one of the deepest teams in the league for the time he was on it. And now he gets to go to Brooklyn and play with Kevin Durant with that, and also be on a team that's pretty deep. He's had it really, really good. Yeah. His career. Oh, and absolutely. so he should just chill out and be cool with, you know, play a role, be a good teammate, learn how to be a leader. Cause he like, that's the one thing we see. We've seen Dame mature over the last few years and become, I mean, he was voted as like the, uh, the best leader in the NBA. Oh, Dame. Yeah, there was I like a, that. Yeah, play. There was like a players, coaches, sort of like um, preseason. Um, not even preseason predictions, but just like their the NBA league giving their opinions on it, and he was voted best leader, and it makes sense because he is that type of person that you can always trust to be the rock of the team. And yeah. Kyrie needs to get that shit figured out or else they, or else, or else it's going to be a, another disaster situation. And then he'll be off somewhere else. That's so true, man, because yeah, he is, he is a, a plus all-star caliber caliber player. You need to be a leader on that for sure. And yet, I don't think he's ever shown that. No, cause he didn't have to be with LeBron. Yeah. And then he chose not to for the Celtics. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same thing you see with like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, definitely. like same thing where they kind of just throw a little fit. Yeah. Like Jimmy Butler did the same thing with the Timberwolves. He kind of acted the same way with the Sixers, and now he's on the Heat. And it's like if you're that All Star caliber, and like you are drawing comparisons that people you know give you these comparisons, you have to like kind of show. The maturity totally and you forget he also did that on the bowls yeah exactly. he used to play on the bowls yeah it seems like forever ago but right. yeah those those types of players just don't fly in the nba anymore if you can't be a good teammate if you can't be a good friend to your teammates you're you there's not really a space for you to be a top level star on your team and you look at like so for example the clippers last year and the run they had with no big names on the team fucking unreal and i think it's because those guys all get together so well and it's like the chemistry pays dividends because you didn't have a big name like your six man's like kind of your bit lou will's like coming off the bench and he's like kind of the biggest name people recognize for the clippers he was the actual leader of that team Mm -hmm. yeah and he's the six man but i think that all those guys got to you know they like get along like you have like Damari Carroll, you have like Patrick Beverly, like all those guys like know their role and they know like, and you saw a team that had like, obviously now they have Kawhi and Paul George, but they didn't really have any big names and they made it to the playoffs and they actually, and obviously the coaching too with Doc Rivers. But I think that that like kind of speaks for itself as it's like, you don't have to have a big three to be a strong team. You have to get along and you have to have strong coaching. 
Absolutely. And then if your stars can be good leaders, then you're you're going to be in a great situation. I'm interested to see how that works out because we haven't seen Kawhi and Paul George play together yet on the court. We have not, yeah. And that's going to be really interesting because they're deep. That team's deep. Yep. I think they're... I think Vegas has them winning the championship right now, mm-hmm. right? Like they're the number one. I, the Lakers might have bypassed them just because of how well they're playing, but preseason the Clippers were number one. Yeah, guys. and, and I, uh, that would be insane. Yeah, and I still think obviously if we're looking at the Clippers and the Lakers right now, I still think the Clippers have the deeper bench. Yeah, like, absolutely. Sure. They're just a solid through and through. Well, well yeah, because they have Montrezl Harrell still coming off the bench. Who was there was three finalists for a six man of the year last year. Two of them were on the Clippers, and those two are still on the Clippers on the bench. Yeah. With the addition of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So like that's and they got Ivan Zubak, who is who who they they got from the Lakers last year, who's just an a monster big man, great rim protector. That and and you have Patrick Beverly and Patrick, Lou Williams. Yeah, like Beverly's or, awesome. But I, I and then uh, I guess uh uh, Larry Shamit, I think, is their starting shooting guard. Who cares? Like he can yeah. have one little weak spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, not you know, and he's not even a bad player either. And that's just their like top top end rotation. You get and then they got Mo Harkless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they Mo got Mo Harkless. Harkless. Yeah, that, God, that team is really yeah. stacked. It, it all just depends on because like uh, if you think about the Miami Heat teams when LeBron joined, it took them a long time to get themselves together it took about 20 25 games like at the beginning of their first year they were 10 and 10 after 20 games and i think that this does prolong that a little bit so there's like there's going to be more bumps in the road for them it could take half the season before they're operating at the level that they need to so there's a possibility that they don't clench a first seed they could be two or three even be four but if they do get themselves together yeah they have the, the greatest chance to win the title how about um how about this one though? We talked about like uh, that leadership role, like Kyrie and that being like an all-star player in leadership. The Greek freak Giannis is just a freak. Cause I don't see him much as like, I, maybe we can debate on this, but I don't see him as like the leader of that team, even though he is, I, he doesn't play like a Dame role, right? To no, me. He, no, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. He's just a freakishly amazing basketball player like Mm -hmm. it's that team right now like i'm looking at the stats and it's like dude nine and three right now starting the season off and they did the same thing last two years in a row Mm -hmm. and he doesn't come off the he doesn't he doesn't play on the court to me like he is dame right yeah well here's the reason why mike budenholzer their coach greg popovich's longtime assistant Really? Yeah, and he went to Atlanta when they had their. I remember when they when they won sixty. They had sixty wins. It was like they had they had um. Was it? It was Johnson. It was, was Joe that? Johnson. Yeah. It was Jeff Teague. It was Kyle Korver. It was Paul Millsap. Fuck that Millsap, guy. Millsap. Fuck Paul and, Millsap. And uh, Al Horford. They had did they their entire. I think all five of their players made that was it joe johnson's like breakout year right i think it was towards the end actually really? he, he went to the uh he went to the the brooklyn nets not yeah. long after that but um but that was mike mike budenholzer and the thing is if it's like that because like tim duncan has obviously always been a leader of of the team but he's never been that like vocal guy because they have a coach who inst- instills a like camaraderie and a community within their team that's so important that Nobody has to be that as much. Mm-hmm. Like no one has to be that killer. And I think that's perfect for Giannis because it's like 
he's young. He's like twenty four. It's he's insane. so young that he that that he his leap into being that leader. It still could be three or four years off before he's experienced enough NBA to like take that position. So like, why not have somebody who comes from the the Greg Popovich like corral to sort of be the leader for the team while the team grows and develops? Do you think Giannis is the not the most valuable as in like contributing to the team, but literally the is should be the most valuable player like financial like contract wise. Because you had Kawhi, you had Kawhi pretty much be that. But I look at it, all the teams, I'm like, dude, I would pay anything to have that dude on our team. There's not very many. Like, there's LeBron, there's AD, there's Kawhi. Yeah. But there's I, I, think, I think those don't even match to him. Like, dude, <laughs> well, I, it, he is incredible. Well, like, what you get for the future. Yeah, well. that's, what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. At like 24, mm-hmm. and you see what he's doing. It's like, dude, this is fucking insane. Like, the Bucks, the Bucks. What's the last time the bu- like the Bucks like yeah, but they didn't beat the Raptors <laughs> true in the playoffs when they were heavily favorited true they were really heavily favored and yeah. I the he, Raptors were sacked though they were sacked yeah but he struggled he like, did struggle Giannis Giannis struggled in that series against the Raptors they was, were heavily yeah. favored and Giannis didn't really show up yeah. and so I think it. I am not disagreeing because I do think like Greek freak is a fitting name because he's just a f- athletic freak. Mm-hmm. The guy's insane. But I think when you, one of the things that you have to think about when you think about like m- value and like the value of a player is their experience. And I think he lacked that last year and it showed mm-hmm. when they made a deep run. And so is that going to be different this year? We'll see. But I think that you do have to consider like someone's kind of their experience just in the NBA. And I think that's kind of what he was lacking was the overall NBA experience, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that if you want to sign somebody to a one-year deal to win the title this year, you probably still want LeBron. But if you want to pick, if I could sign anybody to a five-year deal, who am I, who am I picking? Giannis is probably that guy. Because all of a sudden, you're, that contract takes you all the way through the end of his 20s. And when he's been through more shit, like more playoff losses, more disappointment, like he's just going to be totally ironclad in the way that like a lot of those guys get eventually. Like that's why I'm a little skeptical about Anthony Davis in some ways because he hasn't had that like really cr- like really uh uh disappointing playoff like he hasn't been defeat put through yet. the fire he hasn't been put through the fire yet yeah, yeah his teams he's had a team that made it to the second round of the playoffs once but that's kind of it versus some of those other guys like even like Harden now has been through some real shit speaking of Harden uh, did you guys see put up like he took 63 shots tonight wait no he no who did no Really? Yeah. 41. He's 16 and 41 for field goals. And then he jacked up like another like 20 something threes. What? Jesus. That's insane. Yeah. I think I would, if, do you, or actually, do you think that Giannis would stay? Do you think he'll stay with the Bucks? Or do you like, he said something about going to the Bulls. God, that would be sick. But I think that he's... Who's that Cody White? Kobe? Cody, Kobe White. Kobe yeah. White. I that, like that, that dude is sick. I like that kid so much. Yeah. Uh, I like... The, the The Bulls are sort of like a sleeper, like a couple of years, they could be really good. Mm. Um, but, uh, but I think that he is really loyal and he's a unique character in that he has been... Had such a weird life growing up that 
the stability of knowing that he has people surrounding him that he can trust matters a lot. So it really depends on can the Bucks show that that's what they are. And, and if they do, them. then yeah, maintain that, show that they're, they have a winning culture, they're shooting for a championship. And Giannis, we're not going to do anything behind your back. We know you're our superstar. We're here for you, whatever it takes. Um, I mean, the NBA awards last year, Budenholzer won coach of the year and Giannis won MVP. And when they both talked, I mean, they were so emotional. Both of them were crying and they, uh, they did show that there was so much like emotional depth to their relationship, way more than just, um, as athlete coach. So if that's the case, then he probably stays because Milwaukee's as fine of a city as any city, unless you want to go to one of the the warm ones, but but if he's fine, <laughs> if he's fine carving out and being the greatest player in Milwaukee since Kareem Abdul Jabbar, then great. That'd be sick. Yeah. I think Milwaukee is the one team. If the Trailblazers aren't gonna win a championship, I want Milwaukee to win it. Is that just because their main sponsor is Harley Davidson? Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and their logo looks like like oddly a lot like Jaeger. <laughs> It is pretty Jaegerific. <laughs> no, I think it's sick. They're like they're the same yeah. as the Trailblazers. We have small a panic right teams. now. We have like this crazy shit going on with our team. We're small. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it was so sick to see Toronto win the finals because it's mm-hmm. a small market team. Yeah, and that it, was fucking awesome. Yeah. None of us were mad that Toronto yeah. won. No, they won last year. You we all were at the bar together and we were like, that was awesome. Not, and that's not to, I mean, it helps that they beat the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, that which, also made yeah. us very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing though. It's It really, when it comes to certain teams like if you're if it's not your team at least a team that is deserving of that opportunity and every team deserves the opportunity to vie for a title and this was their opportunity opportunity and they got it and like so great for them same thing with when cleveland won theirs and like when dallas won theirs and all those are in recent memory those are always way more important than the lakers of the Celtics you know what though brad because i know you're such a dallas fan mm-hmm. i would root for the dallas mavericks Oh man, they're they're so much fun. I, I this love year. Luca. I think, and you got Seth Curry, yeah, Blazers alumni, love starting him. for them. Ordered that jersey. You know who's I? I mean, kind of not to go off on a tangent, but when we think of like a team that would be sick to see win a finals, I always like. And again, I'm not Sacramento like, Kings, the Knicks, man. Oh, the, the Knicks. Knicks <laughs> they need to. They need that. I feel like they would. That would be sick. It would if be the, such a big deal. It would be a huge deal. If I they could know. win a championship in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that you know how would big be cool. that would be. Mm-hmm. Not and I'm not saying I'm a Knicks fan, and obviously they're in the last place in the East right now. So <laughs> I'm not saying it's gonna happen anytime soon <laughs> because they continue to uh struggle. But you know, obviously Blazers aside, I always am like, man. I wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks win one. No, you start to feel bad for franchises after a while. It's true. Well, I, no, fuck the Knicks. I don't know. I don't <laughs> agree with you. You know, what? I would go Detroit. If we're gonna go shitty teams, I want to see Detroit come back. Mainly because we just talked about taking like a dude's trip to go to Detroit and just go to bars in Detroit. But if their team was <laughs> but, about to win a championship, that would make it even better. But they had that kind of more recent run when they like we were talking about when they had Ben Wallace, when they had Sheed, when they had Tayshawn Prince, like they, oh God, Chauncey Billups. They had a more yeah, that, recent that run, run was only fifteen years ago. That's how old we're getting. <laughs> but I, I but, if we're call, but if we're but if we're saying <laughs> that's before recent. the city went to shit, became like a war zone. <laughs> that like I but I I feel there I I feel the same thing about Detroit though because like they won 
they won two titles. They beat the fucking Blazers in the early nineties. Yeah. With Isaiah Thomas. And then they had their other run. They've they've had two runs where in in within the last thirty years where they've been able to win titles. And like seventeen of the other teams haven't even sniffed the finals in that time frame. So there's there's certain things where yeah, certain teams haven't been good for a while and it'd just be really great I to think, well I think that same. if they want to be good for the city. Where the yeah. Knicks, the Knicks win, it's like New York's Doesn't already popping. You know what I mean? Like Detroit just seemed That's like true. it was in a That's sad true. state there for a little bit. And I just really want that team. Yeah, to right. like, like those blue collar towns, and yeah. you just know they need a sports win to like really bring, bring that it, town bring it all back. together. Like, That's a Cleveland. Their, it's it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, Cleveland or the Saints after Katrina. Yeah, like, it's those like things this. are like, oh, you feel it. <laughs> yeah. When we were in New Orleans, it was that same thing. It's just like this guy was giving a a a long monologue on Hurricane Katrina and go through the whole thing and talking a lot about the government failures and everything. And then the end of the story is, and then the saints win the super bowl. <laughs> and that's the end of the story of hurricane Katrina. Like it mattered. It still matters that much. Yeah. And, uh, and so that stuff does, it is important. I mean, yeah, if the blazers won a title, it would be like, shut the streets down. And, and I, and I want that for those other, those other teams too. Like, like being a Dallas fan and having the Mavericks win a title, it's just like you've done it. You never, you never have to worry about anything again. If you get to see your team win the finals in your lifetime, you never think about it again. Like I didn't care that the Mavericks didn't make the playoffs for like the next seven straight years. I was so happy. I never even thought about <laughs> it. Doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. It, it's a euphoria that nothing, nothing else can quite match. Yeah, which we've never experienced in our lifetime. Yeah. That's, the Blazers winning. That's why last year I was so yeah. distraught. Which is why, which is why we need to make moves now. Because I'm not going to wait another damn ten years. I'm not. I don't want to be in my forties. Yeah, that's true. Because we got, not that I'm not going to enjoy it the same, but you know my responsibilities might be a little different if we win soon, as opposed to in the next ten years. And my liver might be in a different place yeah, compared to yeah. how many yeah, beers we can we only drink. deal. But we can only deal with so many more long playoff runs like we need to get this thing we need, we to, need to get this to, thing yeah, locked we need in to, we need to lock well, it up <laughs> yeah i i gotta start uh start training for playoffs i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm moving mine i'm moving it from milwaukee i would like to i'm gonna go detroit i'm gonna be a new pitch I'm gonna, I'm gonna be All a pistons right. fan now I think All right. I, I'm switching it i know i just brought that up and i was like yeah i want to see them win i don't actually don't anymore i want to see detroit win <laughs> i mean you know they got Derrick Rose. They got Andre <laughs> yeah. I like it. We're like, yeah, they got. Uh... I gotta see them. That's the game I sat courtside for. Was Detroit? They were super fun. They lost the game, but they were still fun. <laughs> still fun. Yeah, I would have liked to see Derrick Rose. Like he wasn't. He wasn't on the team at that point. But what is Gr- a, Griffin was cool. What are we looking like for? We're on a six game road tour right now. Yep. I I don't think I haven't looked it up. Like, what is our schedule like? We're playing the Rockets next. Oof, God. <laughs> Who's, oh, on a, who's on a okay. run right and now? And then what else do we have? So uh, this is a panic episode. <laughs> okay, we got the Rockets, so that's just savage. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess we have the Jazz in there. Let's find out. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Right I'm just throwing it out there. It has to be, or maybe the Mavs. If we're in Texas, Pel- right, Pelicans. We got the Pelicans. Then we got the Bucks. Oh God. Then we got the Cavs, the Bulls. Okay. And then we're home for the Thunder. Okay, so the first one is the Rockets. Uh huh. So we lose that. Yep. Then the Pelicans. We're going to win are that. So beatable right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to win. We're going to lose the Rockets. We're going to win against the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. What's next? Bucks. 
We're going to lose the Bucks. <laughs> but then we got Cavs and Bulls. We're going to win both those. Actually, the Bulls, I don't know. They're a little, yeah, the, the, yeah a little iffy. A little iffy. That, that one might be a, a given. Then we come back. Yep. And what do we have got next? the Thunder, which, you know, they're not, they're whatever. Chris Paul's Chris Thunder. Chris Paul, yeah. And so then, we'll, um, we'll win against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And then we're at home for the Bulls. Okay, we'll win that one. Then on the road for the Clippers. Lose that. At home for the Kings. I, you know what? I, I was about to say win, but my first thing that came out of my mouth was we're going to lose. Well, you just got to be honest here. We already lost to them, didn't we? Mm, Did we already play them? I think so. Yeah, and I think we lost. And then at home for the Lakers. Uh, lose that. At home for the Thunder. We're going to lose that at one. At home for the Knicks. We're gonna. Uh, We're not gonna lose against the Thunder. Come on, <laughs> they're they're pretty they're pretty low on at the home, dude. I don't know. We're, no, we're at home. We're at home. And, yeah, yeah uh, it'll be fine. I don't know. I just feel like we're just panicked. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, we, we lost to the Kings recently. We just haven't been playing well, though. That's I, what I, I mean. think that like our uh, our uh, predictions right now aren't off because we just haven't been playing well. Our D is mm-hmm. not looking good. We're leaving massive holes, Ugh. and it. I feel like our games have all been these big runs. We watched that game the other day uh, and we started out hot 14-4. I think we were up 14-4. Yeah. And then came back and lost and they kind of just blew us out in the fourth quarter. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had that really close game against Philly. Lost that one. Yeah. That, that, that was wild. I that mean, you can't, insane. you can't fault anybody for that one. That yeah. just is what it no. is. But it's these games where we go back and forth. Even tonight's game, you know, when you go on like these big runs where we're finishing on like a huge run, but then they're coming back into it. I mean, what Brad, you said we had like at some point we had a 23 point lead and we let them come back yeah. and they were up by mm-hmm. 10 at one point. Yeah. And that doesn't even, that doesn't even count the, uh, the like the third quarter run that happened either so there was like it was all just back and forth yeah. and we allow them to score 20 point essentially 20 points in a row and then we hit a few threes and then we score 20 points in a row and yeah that's that's not a good way to play because at some point you're either gonna if that happens the whole game sometimes you're gonna be on that run at the end of the game but sometimes you're not gonna be on the run and then it's just a flip of a coin as to are you hot or not that's not a that's not a way to play against someone like the Clippers. Hell no, they're just going to run train destroyed. on Yeah, that's how we get in those massive deficits and we can't come back. Mm-hmm. God damn it! <laughs> and that, and we saw and we saw that uh, in the Western Conference Finals last year when mm-hmm. we'd go up going into almost every single every game, game against the Warriors on it by halftime. We were up fourteen. And then we couldn't finish out. Was it 14, yeah. 16? The next game was like double digit ten every though. game, yeah. double digit mm-hmm. leads, and would end up losing. Yep. Man. And on that note, I think we're going to call it an episode because we are still panicked. Obviously, when we start really talking truthfully, we don't feel any better. No. I don't think. This is actually... No, I feel better. I feel better that we got it off It's our like chest. a therapy session. It like Nothing has session. changed, but you do feel better about it. Yeah. You've reflected a bit. And we won. And we won. Yeah. If we hadn't won, I mean, this this whole episode, we wouldn't have even talked about anyone else and other than the Blazers. When we get to the point in the season and we come back on the podcast, we will burn the Myers Leonard Jersey card. Um, I think that that's like the sacrificial lamb. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Well, it just, it partially depends on um, how we do. I think, I yeah. think that just threatening them with burning the card, we'll see what that does. <laughs> and then if we need to, we'll burn it. Yeah. But also it's fun to, to know that that card probably costs $4 on eBay. It was actually 60 cents. 60 cents? Yeah, oh, that's, buddy. If that's, if that's a reflection of Myers Leonard's career. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. All right. Well, guys, this has been another episode of Pod Skip Ball. 
want to thank Grady and Jake for coming on. Thanks for having us, man. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Bye. This is a Train Sound Studio production. If you'd like to become part of our network, please visit www.trainsoundstudio.com.